Hi, and welcome to episode 235 of No Crying in Baseball, the Welcome to the Beer-Free Zone episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey, hey there. And I very much appreciate that. That's because the studio is within the Potty Mouth household, which is right now kosher for Passover, which means that we are not drinking beer for a few days. It's hard, but as I said b- before while we were um, prepping or whatever you call it, having our first drink, I guess, <laughs> that I can survive on rum and tequila this week. For sure, yeah. It's not like we're suffering. It's just that we're this is a little out of the ordinary um, for us. We're about done with our first our ginger beer and rum drink, and we're about to have something really cool. Yes, actually, I'll open mine right now. So this is a woman-owned distillery here in Maryland called Tenth Ward Distilling Company, and this so- sound. Hopefully, it's not gonna. Ah, shit. I did get it on me. Fuck. Where's <laughs> <laughs> a napkin when you need it? All right, I'm gonna pour this and then oh, hand pink. it over to Patty. Yes, it's blackberry. Lemon, blackberry lemon crush. Blackberry lemon crush. And yeah. what's important is before I, I'm checking. Yeah, I didn't get any on my um, City Connect Boston, bright Boston t-shirt that I'm wearing in solidarity with my Red Sox who are wearing them this weekend. And you know what I noticed is that with the cooler weather right now, mm-hmm. There's a jacket version, at least for the folks in the dugout, and oh. it is swanky. It's yeah. like that old like football jacket, you know, var- I don't know, varsity jacket with yeah. like the bright yellow. I think it's bright yellow sleeves and blue body. That, that would be to, the yeah. right way to do it. I hope yeah. they did it that way because the other way would not be as good. No, no. And then the socks. I totally covet the socks, both for them and for the Nats. Like, oh, hey, you know, you know what says really good socks? We've, the Nats have been playing Pittsburgh, and the Pirates have really good socks with the bridges on them. You know how there's the, the, oh. the, the, the bridges that head to, head to PNC Park? The socks are beautiful. And the commentators from Pittsburgh did a little thing talking about high socks and and no so- you know and the, and then the long pants without the socks I'm like did you listen to the right. show because that <laughs> that's so last week were they trying to correlate it with with performance they were trying to decide uh, like how you would decide because one of the one of the commentators was a former player he's like you know both are in your are in your locker and 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 when you when you're on a on a streak you know when you've got a, a thing going you just you're going to wear the same thing over and over again okay so you just switch it up when you feel like you need a yep. little bit of a yep. break yeah for right. sure that works. Hey, so um, I just need to to gloat for a second <laughs> totally. because I got invited at the last minute for this past Friday's um, O's versus Yankees game by a friend who is hooked up for the front row seats right behind home plate. That's crazy. And I never in my life have I sat in seats like this. And I was like, oh, no, I like sitting up high. It's fine because you can see the whole field. Well, I've been ruined. I've been <laughs> ruined for life, and I'll probably never get there again. But um, if you didn't see me, that's because the score bug was over my face, according to <laughs> But um, I just want to tell you a couple things from sitting up close to a, um, to a, a Yankees game in Camden Yards. Um, the phrase, well, that's stupid, or huh, really, came up to a couple of times because even though my child hates it when I involve myself in other people's conversations about <laughs> baseball. When they ask and right. I can answer, it seems fair. So we had very kind Yankee fans behind us. They were kind because they had a small really? child. Oh. And okay. my, my favorite part about that was the small child was wrapped up in an O's blanket because it got chilly and I did warn them that that's catchy. And he was a little concerned. I'm like, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I promise I'm kidding. That's but, hysterical. So at, at one point, Josh Donaldson comes up to bat and I got to say his Yankees um, grooming Sucks. I don't know if you remember, oh, totally. like Josh Donaldson in the past has had, um, he's had mohawks, he's had hair styled that people have called the Viking cut. He's braided his hair for opening day, and now he's got the hair that you can't see when he's got the helmet on, and he doesn't. I, I think and it's no a, facial hair. It's it's bad, and so I was explaining that to my host who didn't know that was the Yankees rule, and I got some version of, well, that's stupid, or really, you've <laughs> got to be kidding me. And then we went to ex- extra innings, and the little kid. The little diehard Yankees fan wrapped up in the O's blanket asks his dad, how did that guy get on second in extra innings? And uh, I, I was just, you know, you know, nodding my head and waiting for the dad to answer. He's like, I don't know. Huh. And I turned around and said, do you want to know? And he's like, yes, please. And I explained the whole automatic runner. And I got the, well, that's kind of stupid or huh, really? <laughs> Response. And I'm like, okay, good. So I'm sharing my baseball knowledge on things that are all kind of stupid. Um, but one of the high points of sitting where I was sitting was I got to see the actual flames come out of Aaron Boone's head when he chased down the umpire <laughs> after the Orioles walked off freaking Araldus Chapman with another with a walk. 
So That's he was so beautiful. He was just protecting his 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 catcher. He was you know, but he was really angry, and I was intimidated. And you know, it was really quite something. Like I don't think I could. There's eleven thousand reasons why I couldn't be an umpire, but one of them is being chased down by angry managers. I think I did educate those around me by why um, Araldus frickin' Chapman's middle name is frickin'. Oh, really? So um, I got I got a little bit of that. Including the Yankee fans behind you. Who already knew, I think, because he was, like, cheering him on but calling him a, a frickin' piece of dirt. At the same time. At the same time, because he wanted his team to win. That's, like, a true Yankees fan. I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right. So that's my story. Um, I really like those seats, and one day maybe I'll get those again, I hope. But I'm now spoiled, but... I'll sit anywhere. That is so sweet. You know, that stupid rule with the runner on second. I was wishing for it this morning when I was watching the CPBL because the Lions and the brothers were tied in the bottom of the 12th. Sure. And if we had had a ghost runner, then the Lions would have won. But remember, it's not a ghost runner because they're they're real. They're not ghosts. They're actual runners. Okay. They're they're humans. They're human beings. Yeah. So if we had had a human being that was allowed to start on second base... When the inning had started, we would have won. But no, there was the the most miserable final play of the inning, which was a sacrifice fly that looked like it got the runner home. And then the brothers challenged it. And I have to admit, he was really out, but it was so fucking close. Oh, and no. because it was a CBBL, they have their own stupid rules. And they <laughs> ended with a tie. Yep, because they can do that. They can. And, and Mr. Potty Meth was like, wait, what? Like, is this baseball? This is, is this hockey? This is not, this is yeah. not our, now if it was hockey, there'd be a shootout. Yeah. Well, eventually, doesn't it eventually go to a tie? Or is it always no, no, just we, the shootout we, we, we play till. Then why did he say that? Because I was like, well, soccer, you can do a tie. Oh, sure. you're talking about hockey? Oh, hockey may after a certain number of things. I don't okay. know. I thought you meant baseball. Know. I'm like, you know better than that. No, 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 no. I meant hockey. I mean, he said yeah. hockey, and I don't know enough about hockey to question it. I do know yeah. enough about soccer to know that that can tie. Yeah. Um, I just I want to go back to the ghost runner thing for a second. Okay. I, was, I wasn't just being glib because there is a thing called a ghost mm-hmm. runner, which is if you are like playing like just a rec game and you're short on players, you say, okay, so this guy's got to come up to bat, but they should have been still on base. And so let's pretend there's somebody on second. So if the guy from first gets to second, the ghost runner, the imaginary person, gets to third. Okay. So it really is a real person versus a ghost runner, which is a thing. Right. So it's an automatic runner. Right. Although I didn't didn't make that up. Some other people who don't like the... Yeah, the, for the sure. Runner on second made that up. It is commonly called that, and I'm just, I'm just, and just sharing that. Yeah, yeah, this is a little vocabulary yeah. lesson for today. I'm gonna have one more swig of my first um, drink, and then I'm gonna tell you that. what's gonna happen on today's show. All right, because I am like well into my second. This is lovely, by the way. The whole name of it is Blackberry Lemon Crush, made with rum and blackberry lemon and basil. And there's a really funky picture on the front of a guy in a hammock. With a pineapple head. With yeah. So, oh no, blackberry no, head. A blackberry. <laughs> it's a blackberry because because pineapple does not appear anywhere, but that but it's right. a, it's a pineapple shaped blackberry. Right, and there's a little piece sure. of lemon flying in as a butterfly. This is very creative. This is what people draw after they've had a couple of these. Yes, <laughs> I think that's where that came from. So while I do on today's show, oh you know, we'll, we'll ice up. We'll ice up soon. Oh yeah, you know it's ready. it's right here in the Red Sox cup. There's ice, but as you said that, that reminded me that I'm on video this time. Yeah. So. Okay. You know what? I'm going to fill this up first because the, the the drink is so pretty. I should have a pretty drink. Okay, yes, pretty drink. So, so you don't need to have that at the ready just yet. <laughs> all right. Well, no, no. I've got to. I've got to focus. I've got to do all okay. sorts of stuff. Or, I got to figure. Or out are how you much filming it... me pouring my drink, which is also a little weird, but okay. That's it, actually that I did not, but that would have been a good idea. Well, you can. You want to? Uh, here we go. Sure. All right. Here we go with a blackberry lemon crush. All right. You know this. Actually, this is. See, you got splash too. <laughs> yeah, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're wearing a black shirt. I'm so wearing that, my, my glass ceiling shattered shirt, and right. you'll know why in a second. Ooh, this just barely fits in the baseball cup, yeah, the well, baseball glass. Yeah. This is a beautiful color. It is. Wow. Okay, one second. All right. Here, take the sip, and then this video will be for our Patreon. Hey, folks, uh, we'll, we'll probably mention it again later, but Patreon <laughs> slash no crying and b-ball. I've been actually putting stuff up. Have you noticed? I have noticed. Yeah. So so that should encourage y'all to just put it, you know, a couple bucks coffee cup of coffee give us your cup, cup of coffee. coffee yep and um you'll get some wacky video like the one i just took <laughs> okay wait wait i'm almost ready All right on today's show Alyssa Nakin. Woo! Is it Nakin or Nakin? I think it's Nakin. Nakin. Alyssa Nakin. Woo! This is very exciting. We've got boyfriend highlights featuring big money and outside words. We've got 
Albert Pujols featuring me losing my shit and Potty Mouth losing her shirt. We've got the Trailblazer series, and we've got possible shakeups in Nationals ownership and this really delicious drink. That that delicious drink would have come out of my nose on that one. I wasn't ready for the shit shirt thing. And you know what? I'm, I'm not totally sure on Alyssa's name, which is really shitty because I'm about to talk about her. I think it's Nakin. But when I you think said Nakin, is it? All right. So this this woman, this amazing woman, Alyssa Nakin, hopefully, on this past Tuesday night, became the first woman during a game to be coaching on the field. She has been working for the Giants, however, for the past three years. And if you go back to our past episodes, we did mention that when she broke in because she was the first woman to become a full-time coach at the major league level, which is impressive in and of itself. For the past three years, also, she has been back up at first. So this, what happened on Tuesday, could have happened at any point in the past three years had the first base coach not been available to play. So what happened this past Tuesday is kind of... A, a rough way for her to get this debut. So it was a really weird, kind of exciting, yet ooh, moment across baseball. Because what happened was Antoine Richardson, who's the first base coach, African-American man, he was thrown out of the game. Why was he thrown out of the game? Badly. Yes. He was <laughs> thrown out of the game badly after sort of a series of events. And what it comes down to is throughout the game, the Giants were consistent in sort of saying, fuck the unwritten rules. Like, we're playing baseball. We're just playing. And you play every game and you play every play to the best of your, your ability. And that's the way I think the game should be played. The unwritten rules are for uh, people dealing with fragile masculinity issues. And, you know, it just don't beat up on us too hard. Doesn't make sense. These are major league players. They're making a shit ton of money. Can, I'm going to interject here for one thing. Because mm-hmm. one of the things, the one of the unwritten rules is if you're way ahead, you don't bunt. Right. But this year, there are no tie like there are no like playoff games that are tiebreakers. And so if teams are tied going into playoffs, run differential matters. So you have to run up the score because you may need this in September when it's the difference between you making the playoffs or not. So that unwritten rule needs to be crossed out and written differently or that, un- unwritten differently. Yeah. Yeah. Un- unwritten. Yeah, that, that absolutely. And then it's just sort of like the personal record, too. I mean, we're talking about guys' batting averages here. Or we're talking about the number of steals they had. And so the issue here was a steal. Steven Duggar, center fielder for the Giants, stole second base while the Giants were leading by nine runs. It was 10 to 1. So apparently you're not supposed to steal when you're leading by nine runs. But first of all, like, no lead is safe. Just no lead is safe ever. And also, like, it, maybe he's going to have, you know, some sort of steal maybe number. Maybe it's going to be a 30-30 season for him. Well, right. maybe not. But it could, it could happen. It's too early to tell. Right. You never know. So uh, Antoine Richardson was uh, apparently peeking into... No, no, Mike Schilt was the one from from the Padres, who I hadn't heard of him on the Padres because he's the third base coach for the first year this year. He's a former manager of the Cardinals. Got fired. Yeah. So, you know, put a pin in that one. Absolutely. Absolutely. So he took umbrage with uh, this steal. And so he's the one who is looking into the Giants dugout, probably for Kapler, to just say, like, what the fuck are you doing? Why aren't you controlling the runner? But what he said was, you need to control that motherfucker, talking, which was directed at Antoine Richardson, who apparently was returning the glare. So I'm not sure if I got that order of events right. Like, there was the steal. There was uh, Schilt. Basically, you know, going against the steal, there was Richardson, who was glaring back, and then there was the control the motherfucker statement. Is that the order? I believe that was the order. And um, so so um, Richardson was the first base coach. And right. the first base coach is the one who sends the runner. Yeah. So, you know, it was definitely on him to, you know, send or not send. The, the, the runner for the steal, for sure. Thank you. That is that is totally an important, an important right. detail. Right. And then you have the ejection. Yeah. And then you have the ejection of Richardson because of him coming back at Schilt or at toward the Padres bullpen, whatever he was doing afterwards, which is the really bizarre part that he was being what, like, 
insubordinate. I don't know if that, that's instigating. Not, that's it. They said he was instigating because he, he basically, I I believe that his you know his approach was more like, well, actually, you know, yeah. kind of one like those that level of thing. It wasn't like yelling and screaming. It was like. Um, we need to talk about this because that was inappropriate what you did. Yeah. Was sort of like what he meant to do. But the umpire just wanted to cut it off fast. And so he was ejected immediately. Which is ridiculous. So what his point afterwards that he made to the press, and depending on which source you read, this gets interpreted differently, was that um, the the telling, basically telling Kapler to control that motherfucker referring to Richardson yeah. had racist undertones. Now, I think that Richardson is the one to make the call on that. Like, I, as a white person, I'm not going to doubt that. Right. Absolutely. And there are definitely plenty of people in the press who have have vocally uh, shared their opinions that the word motherfucker is just thrown around in baseball. And I know that it is. But within that context, within it's how that it's received. framework. It's how it's received by the person who it's directed to absolutely. is what's important, for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. absolutely. And so the, the, the important part is that the next day, actually, Schultz, did a good job apologizing. So as opposed to being defensive about it, sort of acknowledging that this can have that kind of connotation and, you know, by by all means, he didn't intend it that way. And for his credit also, Richardson basically, he said 12 times over, I am not calling him a racist. I'm not calling him a racist. He did call him shilty, which I was, how do you put shilty? Shilty. shilty. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a nickname, is shilty. Yeah. It's just so many consonants all together. Yeah, well, shilty. I've got a Polish background. I'm used that, to all the consonants. <laughs> so there's, there's, so there's all that fuzz over then because Richardson got ejected, Alyssa Nakin got her day. And, and the first coverage, I think, was basically just shining on her and not talking about this, quote, unfortunate racist incident, which is, I saw in one article. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that's yeah. not the way that you want to put that out there. And do you need the word unfortunate before right. racist incident? That seems redundant to me, right? <laughs> it's like, as opposed to the positive racist yeah. incidents that are so common. Yeah. Oh, Lordy. Yeah, absolutely. So she got her day, and I hope that she gets another one in, in better light. You know, maybe she'll get out there on her own next year. That would be super cool. The, the disappointing part of it all, though, is clearly, like, what she's wearing goes to the Hall of Fame. And I've heard that it's only the helmet, which is interesting, not the jersey. You know why I think that is? I think it's because her she already has a jersey in the mm. Hall of Fame from becoming the first woman coach okay. for, for Major League Baseball. So her jersey, a jersey for Alyssa Nakin is already in the Hall of Fame. And it could be that that's why they took the helmet or they took the helmet so they didn't have to take the jersey she was wearing because it (laughs) The City Connect jerseys for San Francisco, which I didn't realize debuted last year. Oh, yeah. Do you remember when they came out? I think we may have talked about them and said, ew, wrong orange. Yeah. That's not right. Wrong orange and wrong... It's just boring. It's boring. And you know how... Remember two weeks ago, I think it was, when we said we shouldn't judge other cities because <laughs> we're not from there? Well, we've heard from people, you know, thank you, West Coast Correspondent, from people from those cities. Right. Um, so I, I feel confident that I can express my opinion because I know it's shared with some other folks. It's too bad. It is too bad. But so, of course... Alyssa Na- Nakin, geez, I'm so sorry, Alyssa, um, got all of these questions about how does it feel to be this trailblazer? How does right. it feel to be this first person? And she's like, okay, I feel a lot of responsibility. I know people are watching me, and this is important for people who are, you know, want to do this too. And I, uh, and I honor all those people that came before me that got me to this point, but this is my job. Hmm. I'm doing my job. Yeah. This is this is the thing that I do. This is not like an this is what I've been training for. This is this is part of my job. Um I also liked that um Eric Hosmer um had the the wherewithal to, you know, who was playing first base for the Padres at the time to turn around and shake her hand yeah. and acknowledge that moment. And I think that that certainly is the photo op that everyone has seen about it. And and you know, good friend for all the, the trash talk about Hosmer right now, he did the right thing there. He didn't ignore yeah. it. He acknowledged it, gave her, th- and that prolonged the moment for her to get that ovation, which is pretty cool. Yeah, he's a former Padres boyfriend of mine, so I, I still like him, even though he's had his moments this year. For sure. Um, so we're going to talk about another apology. <laughs> okay, but first I'm going to have right, more I'll of this Blackberry Crush situation because it's really tasty. It is. Mine is decreasing rapidly. So keep that in mind, folks. Okay, so my <laughs> last year's Phillies boyfriend, Alec Bohm. Okay, you remember a few weeks ago when we did our predictions and I put Phillies as team that's fun to watch? And I specifically said because they've got great bats, but they've got crappy defense, so it's going to be hilarious and wonderful. Well, thank you, Alec Bohm, <laughs> former boyfriend, who in past last Monday had three errors in one game against the Mets. 
And the Phillies fans, God bless them, don't give anybody <laughs> any quarter whatsoever. So when yeah. he actually made a good play, throw, I think he th- you know, threw it somebody out at first from third base, they practically gave him an ovation because he'd had three three errors practically in a row and he sarcastically turned to Didi Gregorius and this is all lip reading apparently but it sure looked clear to everybody that he said I fucking hate this place and then later in the game he had a walk that set off a Phillies rally that had helped them win so he kind of helped turn the game around hmm. and the Phillies fans cheered him for that so after the game he did a really good job with his apology he said okay emotions just got the best of me I don't feel that way. You know, I hate that place could be I'm in this a place of making a lot of errors. Yeah. Or it could be I hate Philadelphia. I don't know. It could be anything. But he did a good job by saying these fans just want to win. And noted that, you know, as soon as they turned things around, they were with him again. And even later on, he said that he kind of compared it to like fighting with your siblings where you want to <laughs> just kill each other one minute and then you would like lay down your life for each other mm-hmm. the next minute and you love each other to death. That's what it's like because they're, they're such dedicated sports fans. Um, so sure enough, the next day after he had apologized for it and also helped them win later in that same game, he got a standing ovation just coming up to bat as a pinch hitter in the eighth. So I think everybody's okay in Philadelphia now, but I just want to potty mouth to know that yet another, this is two weeks in a row that I've admitted that guys that I've picked as boyfriends have turned into potty mouths. So I think that's a good trend. Yeah. I, I totally approve of that. Sure enough. Well, and if you're going to be in Philadelphia, you got to be a potty mouth. Well, absolutely. So I think I think they might probably appreciate that too. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, you, you are definitely one of us <laughs> right. if you're going to talk like that. Um, I just want to note that um, as of Saturday morning, we're recording on Sunday. This is no longer true now, but go, before play on Saturday, G-Man Choi, one of my current boyfriends, was leading the major leagues in average and OPS, which is wow. which no one expected and already is no longer true, but very briefly was true. So I'm very excited and I want him to get noted for that. Um, I also want to note Corey Seager because he was part of one of the weirdest things yes. <laughs> that happened this past week. So my boyfriend, Corey Seager from the Rangers, um, was intentionally walked by Joe Madden, you know, for the Angels, while the bases were loaded, the Rangers had the bases loaded with one out in the fourth. And that clearly was going to have them losing at that moment mm-hmm. when that, that run walked in. But And they were, in fact, it backfired because intentional walks often backfire, which usually makes me very happy because I hate <laughs> intentional walks. Yeah. I understand them by the numbers and strategically, but I just... Uh, yeah, it makes me sad. Um, but in fact, the Angels were down by four by the end of the inning, but the Angels came back and won the game nine to six. But you can't really fault Madden for saying, I just wanted to avoid the grand slam. You yeah. know, it was Corey Seager. Right. So, to, you know, eat the one run for sure instead of possibly eating four runs. I totally get that. But this is what I find really fun is that this is the third time in history where there's been, well, that since we've been paying attention to these things, that someone's been intentionally walked with the bases loaded. And the That's very- it. The, well, wow. Because it's a stupid thing to yeah, do. And, like, I don't know. I'm, I still think it would have its strategic moments well, more it, than it three times. Well, it does when you are already winning and this – like will prevent like a big loss. Right. Like you give up, you know, it's like, a, you know, you, you, you sacrifice that one run to like save the other ones. But the last person to do it was Joe Madden when he was managing the Rays in 2008 versus the Rangers. So, but that was um, in the ninth inning with a lead. So there you go. So Joe Madden, um, two out of three in history. So he's pulling it out of his back pocket. So I, or, I, we could call it his back pocket, sure. That's, that's not where I would say he was pulling it out of. But. Somewhere. Some, I, I mean, I kind of think that it worked. I think they gave up two runs that inning, I'm pretty sure. It, four. It ended up – well, they ended up um, – But I think that they, they were, inning they – were, They were down by four at the end of that inning, so it did backfire. It did? It, it did backfire, hmm. yeah. I, I mean, nobody they, hit a grand slam. But, right. But, but, I think but, a grand slam would have been worse is what it comes yeah, down to. Yeah, it, it would have been it worse. Been and worse. the Angels won, so it yeah. ended up being fine. But it was just everybody was, like, scratching their heads about, like, why would you yeah. do that? And, you know, Corey Seager, man. Corey Seager is one of my better performing fantasy players because I – mine's crap. Okay. Anyway, anyway, go ahead. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get to that later. And then we, I'm also going to, like, bring back the, uh, the concept of – manager's decisions that get questioned a little bit later. But right now, (laughs) I'm going to celebrate my boyfriend's name, who I have been pronouncing wrong all this time, which I feel very bit shameful for. It's Key Brian Hayes. 
key, not k. I was like k Brian. I, no, I've been I'm hearing k sure. Brian on, really? uh, on the yeah on, on the on the Pirates broadcast. They've been saying k Brian. Have they? All right, so maybe then I just heard like the wrong. But then again, we're used to when we went to that O's game, we had the the PA announcer who was saying Adamius wrong. All right, so, <laughs> so we can't we can't vouch for. So Cabrian or Q. Brian Hayes? One or the other. He now owns the biggest contract, total value that is, in Pirates history. Eight years, $70 million, with an option for the club for the ninth year, which means that he is locked in before arbitration, which mm-hmm. would have come up next season in 23. And I, what I love about this is a, one of the – media questions to him was how many beers will you buy and he replied a lot and i just want to give a huge shout out to one of our listen listeners um brayden who retweeted it saying he doesn't drink beer and i i actually asked for clarification and this means that brayden remembers what i say more than i do because we talked about how he doesn't drink beer. That's I talked right. about how he doesn't drink That's beer. That's right. You would go out for a beer with him, but he wouldn't have one with you. Yeah. Right? For sure. So go figure. But I love what he said about just the the staying. I mean, it, it takes a commitment at this point to stay with the Pirates. He, is, he could be the new face of the franchise. I saw a lot of stuff about him sort of replacing the feelings around Josh Bell, who I, you know, now just think of as a nap. But apparently, you know, for a while, he... That's the direction the Pirates thought that they were going. And so uh, one one wonderful thing that Key Brian or Cabrian said that one thing my parents have always said to me is to be you. Just go out and work hard and have fun and everything else will take care of itself. So I want to say cheers to Cabrian Hayes. Cheers. Let's clink over that. Clink. Having fun and playing with the Pirates. And I have been watching, you know, the Nats have been doing Mm -hmm. having a series with the Pirates. So I've seen a lot of them and he's... Very oh good God, at he's baseball. So good. He's very good at baseball. So that's been fun. Also, there was some footage of Josh Bell taking photos with tiny little children wearing Pittsburgh Pirates Bell jerseys which, and signing things for them, which was very sweet. So he knows where he comes from and he appreciates that, which is very nice. And that's really good because I keep, you know, one of my sort of bylines for this week is when does it stop being weird? You know what I mean? Like a guy that you're used to on one team going to another team. Like for me, and I don't know if it's that because you're the giving team of the receiving team. Mm-hmm. Because like, for example, right now, Bell on the Nats, for me, is it's totally, now. it's fine. Yeah, yeah it's totally normal. Yeah. But I'm guessing for Pirates, not so much. But I've been watching the Red Sox play the Twins this weekend. And oh my God, the Twins between Gio Urshela and and Gary Sanchez, from both from the Yankees, who I just think of as Yankees, yep. and Carlos Correa, who I just think of as an Astro, like right. the three of them, that's a third of the lineup. My head has been just like, what is going on? It is very weird. Yeah. It is absolutely very weird. So one guy that I would like to see more of that I haven't seen enough of is Elliot Ramos for the Giants, who got some coffee. And I don't know if Deborah was being nice to me or kind of hoodwinking me into this deal. Because I vote for hoodwinking. <laughs> and you are gullible. And I love that about you. Deborah. <laughs> lovingly texted me saying you might want to get Elliot on your team because he was one of my baseball boyfriends that I picked. Have I mentioned what baseball boyfriends are yet? I don't think you did. I did in my brain, but I don't think I did in my outside voice. So (laughs) (laughs) what what we do in the off season besides drink beer is we've been picking these guys one per week. We each get one guy per team because they're cool. There's something special about them beyond the field. And so we call them our baseball boyfriends. And then we do this fantasy league with them. So the guy I picked for the Giants. So go back to past episodes if you want to hear why this guy was so special. Elliot Ramos. He got brought up. And Deborah gave me the, the heads up because I could put him on my fantasy team. And I did that because I could put some guys on the IL. But he was actually only slated to come up because... The Giants were facing a couple of lefties on a homestand. He got brought up for the four-day homestand, and he did really well. Seven plate appearances, two hits, one walk, and two runs, and back down to AAA. So he is now on my roster as an NA, so he's on my bench, and my (laughs) my IL is already overflowing. I'm actually kind of fucked up for the next few days with fantasy, but we'll we'll get back there in a moment. Yeah, we sure will. Um, First, I'm going to be mad and sad uh, um so i'm gonna like say something personal right now and i'm sorry if, if this is like, too weird but um my husband passed away from a brain tumor in 2012 and lived with it for a very long time so when i got this news about albert Pujols, 
I was pissed. And I'm mm-hmm. not willing to put him on never going to be a boyfriend list for other people because I feel like this is personal to me. Um, I'll let Potty Mouth make the call on that. I think this is a personal judgment. But um, last week, well, two weeks ago, we didn't talk about it last week. We had too many other things to talk about. Right. But last two weeks ago, Albert Pujols said, um, sadly, after 22 years of marriage, I've made the decision to file for divorce from my wife, Deirdre. And he then said, it's not the most opportune time with opening day approaching. But the really th- the thing that was really inopportune was that it was like two days after she'd had fucking brain surgery, to re- a craniotomy to remove a brain tumor, which... Thank you, Deidre. I'm very happy for you was successful. They got 99% of the tumor, which is a very good sign. There's no information about what kind of tumor because I'm nosy about those things because I know way too much about brain tumors for my own good. But let's respect their privacy on that one. But here are 17,000 reasons why I'm pissed at Albert Pujols. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one, he was at spring training hitting his first single back with the Cardinals while she was in surgery. Yep. While she was in surgery, you know, her, her mom and, like, the kids, I guess, there, you know, there was family there, but he wasn't there. He was at spring freaking training when his wife, I don't care how you feel about your wife, she's under the knife. And he was told, well, this is kind of a routine thing. I'm sorry, when you open somebody's head. Right. It's never routine. It may be a less risky brain surgery than other brain surgeries, but I'm not okay with that. And I got worse the more I read about this because he said, well, as a devout Christian, I prayed to the Lord asking for guidance. And I'm sorry. You know, I thought it was bad that I was judging cities about their city connect jerseys. Now I'm going to judge this guy for his Christianity because do you really believe that any God, any God would say, oh, no, you play baseball instead of watching out for your family? In what Frickin' world, in what theology, in what whatever, would you be told, fine, you should go play baseball when a doctor is, you know, is is, is operating on your, your the, the mother of your children. Yeah. If nothing else, the mother of your four or five, there's a lot of children, the, the mother of your multiple children is under the knife. And so I'm really, really ticked. After the surgery, Deirdre wished him well for the start of the season. She's uh, amazing and very poised and said, you know, I wish I could be there. Yeah. Oh, you know the kids God. are there for the start. Of the- I wish I could- so she's like a hero as far as I'm concerned, and I'm shocked. I am just shocked because you know we were just calling him T.O. Albert, and I, you know what? I don't care why they're getting divorced, but this is a bad freaking look. This is a bad. Why is this? 22 years of marriage this is the timing i got nothing yeah i got nothing but anger and disappointment no no i'm i'm totally with you like 120 percent you know just uh just remembering a lot and and so pujos was the guy that i had picked years ago and i was so looking forward to this being that storybook season because he comes back to the cardinals where everything started and it and Apparently, he was also too caught up in that to realize that some things are just more important. And when we're talking about 22 years of marriage, I mean, that's just, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. And actually, one article, uh, and this was totally heart-wrenching that that I I saw about this, basically said that this type of thing, it's not uncommon for men to not make it through this for a marriage, but women, it's like stay with the guy and take yeah. care of the guy. And I will say another like, you know, too much information is like I was in a lot of various support groups online when my husband was first diagnosed and I saw this a lot. People talking about their marriages breaking up. Wow. And it typically was. If if it was going to happen, it was the husband bailing. Ugh. And I... Don't know if this is why he bailed. It could have been anything else, but you could have hidden this timing. You could have done anything else. How? I, yeah, I, I want to say I'm speechless, but I really have way too many words for this. So yeah. I'm really very ticked. And I know I understand it's personal. So thank you for bearing with me on my personal decision to be really, really freaking ticked. Yeah. At Albert Pujols. Well, I, I, I love you and adore you and <laughs> and love, love your late husband. Who is an amazing person. And, you know, I, it's just it's just shitty. It's just a shitty thing that we're that we're left with now that I'm feeling like this for this player that I was excited to see play this year. 
and now it's it's, it's tainted. It's like you, you know, I'm not going to be able to look at him and not think, yeah. what a crappy thing you did, what yep. a crappy thing you did. Um, and there are people who are like, I read letters to the editor, you know, to you know, newspapers like, oh well, we shouldn't judge, you know, about his marriage. We don't know. I'm like, yeah, we know about the timing though. Right. We know about the timing. Though. Right. And, like, I, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and judge. No, I am. There's I, no I really excuse am. for that. There's um, no excuse for that. Yeah. All right. Fuck. So I guess my, my, my final on that is is my T-shirt situation. It's, I just seem to have fucking bad luck with T-shirts. So Mr. Potty Meth got me a Randy, Randy or Rosarandy T-shirt. He's an asshole. It goes to the back of the closet. I got an Albert Pujols T-shirt when I was in the Angel Stadium. Now that's it's it's definitely immediate to value village. There there are definitely the shirts that get the back of the closet treatment for a while. And actually, my Incora We Trust T-shirt, I think it's coming back. I think I'm gonna take. I think he's okay. All right, I'm feeling good about Cora. He's gonna come back. I think the next value village trip will be both a Rosarena and Pujols because they are not yeah redeemed, not redeemable. And the other, and the one thing that makes me question my judgment for the week is that I agree with Buck Showalter on something now. Oh my God! Yeah. So remember last week I was um, railing against the Bucks, and I part of the Buck Showalter thing was all the guys that got hit by pitches in the opening week, and a, a lot more Mets got hit by pitches than got hit by Nationals. So it kept going on, and Showalter said what I said, which was, "Can we have some universal?" sticky stuff or something that helps the pitchers control the ball because it's cold the baseballs are slippery and they're not able to control them and guys are getting hurt so can we fix can we fix this can we do something about this universally that we approve of so they can be they can follow the rules and not hurt guys I'm like, oh, I agree with Buck Show Walter. My world my worldview is <laughs> tilting on its axis. Yeah. Yeah. Well though he used to be an Oriole. But you know, there are sometimes there's a time when it's okay to hang up the cleats. Yeah. And you know, the the old timey baseball stuff at some point I think we can hang up those cleats. Right, right. See see. Just, just rest on your laurels. Rest on your laurels and then move on. Yeah. All right. Speaking of moving things ahead yes, more and good stuff. happy like future of baseball. All right. Here we go. The Trailblazer series happened this weekend, importantly, at the Jackie Robinson Training Complex on Jackie Robinson Weekend in Vero, Florida. And, you know, that just symbolizes, Jackie Robinson clearly symbolizes change in for a good way. Like that sometimes things are not going right and we need to have some major change. And in this case, it's including girls and women playing baseball. So this past weekend, we had 96 girls from 25 states plus Washington, D.C., which is not a state, and Puerto Rico, also not a state, and Canada, which is a whole country, (laughs) not a state, whole country in and of itself. These girls were aged, are aged 11 to 13. And they got to do go there and play and get coached by people who are like, you know, former women's national team people. And they got talked with and to by all sorts of amazing uh, trailblazers in and of themselves. So we had Mabel Blair. And of course, this is where, you know, we get sad. Look back to last week from Shirley Berkovich recently passing. And she who, was going to be there. Yeah. Who did yeah. stuff like this and should have been there. But Mabel Blair, bless her heart, 95 years old, is still She's going to cheer girls on. And Janine Lesko, also an All-American Girls Professional League player, was there. And Monet Davis, famously the the Little League World Series pitcher, the first girl to be pitching in the World Little League World Series, was also there. And of course, they're in Florida, so who's going to be there? But Kim Ang from the from the Marlins to speak with them all. So just not only to have a girls' event sponsored by MLB at a quality location, but also having all of these ones who came before you who are just starting to to blaze the way. Well, the uh, clearly the All American Girls started blazing the trail a long time ago the trail just got covered up for a while but now they're totally back in action and and i think the encouraging thing for me about this is that we talked about the first one that happened in 2017 when we first started recording and here we are what year is it 22 it's been going on for a while yeah they had to skip some some uh pandemic years and all that but it keeps building and it's going to keep going. And I like that it's a variety of women in a variety of roles. 
you know, Kim Ang is not a baseball player. She yeah. is, you know, she's front office. She runs the show from the front office. Um, Monet Davis, you know, is re- still a college student or recently out of college. And she's looking at like sports journalism as That's her so thing, cool. you know. And so you've got a variety of, we've got players. We have groundbreaking players from, you know, decades apart. We've got, mm. you know, we've got the front office folks. These are a a huge number of things that are available for, to you. And now we've got Alyssa Nakin as a coach. So so girls can see, I love baseball. Here are many ways right. I can be involved in baseball. If you can see it, you can be it. I'm very excited about that very totally. much. Totally. You want to talk about Nats ownership first? Before sure. we go on to other things? Um, so we're a little shocked here in Washington, D.C., um, when this past week it was announced that the Lerner family, who has owned the Nationals since they since MLB brought them from Montreal to D.C., they bought the team in t- uh, 2006, um, are looking at options, uh, other ownership options. So um, the Lerner family um, built the ballpark. They are longtime owners. They... In 2018, Mark Lerner, who's the the son of the original owner and like the managing partner, in 2018 said, "We'll never sell the Nationals as long as I'm alive. Our family will own he said that. the Nationals." Wow! Um, and now they say that we are quote exploring potential changes to the management structure, and we have no timetable and no expected outcome. So it could be bringing in additional partners. It could be a sale of the team. Nobody really knows why the Lerners. Money comes from commercial real estate, hmm. um, giant shopping malls. There, you know, for those of you who are local, Tyson's Corners is learners, the learner family. I did not know that. Yeah, so they, they've a lot of it is it's commercial property, and then then they became the owners of the of the ballpark. And of course, during the pandemic, real estate kind of went to crap, especially commercial real estate as business businesses were closing and all of that. So that could be part of it. That's one of the things that people are talking about. Like maybe, you know, their finances are not what they could be because of the pandemic and real estate. And also, well, you know, baseball was hurting, but I don't think for the owners so much that baseball was hurting. Um, If there is a sale, it would need to be approved by the owners of all the other major league teams. And and Forbes currently values the Nationals at $2 billion dollars. I think the the Royals, somebody sold recently for about $1 billion, but we're a bigger market. Everything's more expensive wow. here. Those of those of you who own or rent here in Washington DC <laughs> know the cost of living is much higher. So one billion two billion here is one billion in, in, in the middle section of the country for sure. There are a lot of rumors of who the possible buyers might be if they go that way. They've got an um a, a law firm investigating all of this whole range of options. Of course, people are saying Bezos because he owns really you know, because oh my god the Washington Post because he owns yeah. the Washington Post because Amazon now has facilities being built here. People are making this up. I, th- I don't just, like that idea. That's let's. They're let's also just looking at you know um, is it is it a monumental sports who owns the Capitals? We think everybody would be behind because the Capitals are very well run. Everybody likes Ted. So I think in general the D.C. residents would think that's okay. I know I would be okay with that, but. There, it's not a sure thing. I think they're exploring their options, mm-hmm. seeing what's going to happen. I mean, we're all worried about Juan Soto, and I'm hoping that <sighs> my first my first thing was, well, maybe they just need more money to give to Juan Soto, <laughs> so they want additional investors. I'd be okay, okay with that because I want that very much. The other thing that I thought of was that they were they wanted to stay together until the kids are grown up, and um, Ryan Zimmerman just retired, so maybe that was like you know. We were together at the beginning, and That's now he hysterical. retired. So now, now the kids are grown up. They can make they can make do without without mom and dad. So maybe we'll look. So it's really interesting because the the Nationals were not afraid to spend money. They're clearly rebuilding right now. They kind of had to, but they haven't been afraid to spend money in the past. So it could be that they want to get to the point where they can spend money again, hmm. and so they need more money in. I don't know. Um, nothing's going to happen soon because because the owners need to approve it. It has that has to happen at one of the owners' meetings, and they do four per year. They just had one, so uh-huh. and the next one would be too soon. So it wouldn't something might happen it's in the fall? We don't know, but but keep your eyes open because um, what happens here might would will definitely influence what could happen in other cities as well. Does that mean we have enough time for our listeners to chip in? 
for us to like have a, a crowdsourced ownership here? Can we can we raise a couple billion dollars? Yeah, I gotta say, um, so the the Twitter account, uh, Ladies of Nationals of Baseball, oh. has already said let's start a co-op for that. So I, I, I'm behind that. I, I would I would go in with them rather than being responsible for it ourselves because <laughs> I don't want to be All right. the the lead owner. I would like to be a silent partner. I could never be silent. Yeah, but oh, we God, try to shut me up. We, we could be loud partners. We could be loud partners. We could do that. Yeah. So watch watch that. Watch the space. All right, I just wanted to, to do a quick, by the way, for my very short international baseball. Last week, I talked about Roki Sasaki, who had a perfect, absolutely beautiful, perfect game in the Japanese league. And since last week, he still has not let up a hit. He could have had maybe another perfect game yesterday. He was pulled after eight perfect innings, which is one more perfect inning than Clayton Kershaw was after he also got pulled. So that means 52 straight batters. So, of course, that goes into the, the argument, do you pull somebody during a perfect game? And I can argue both sides of, sure. this, of this argument. I don't know where I fall. Mr. Pottymouth kind of talked me into this sensible side, like, you know, save their arm for later. And I went out for a run the other day in my aging body, and I hadn't run for a while. And it got to the point where I got that first little twinge, and I could hear in my, in my little ear, like Mr. Pottymouth saying, should you really still be running if, you're, if your back is twinging? And I thought of Clayton Kershaw. Rookie had not done this at this point, and I thought to myself, you know, if Clayton Kershaw can be sensible, and you know, he he, it wasn't clearly his idea, but he accepted it very clearly that he was not resentful about being pulled. Then maybe I should not run and not push it. So I I, I learned a lesson. It could also be preserving the streak. If he's mm-hmm. if he's got fifty two straight batters, that's right right now, and you know if. This is like sitting Jeff McNeil when he's, um, but less so. Right. Because I don't like that. I'm okay with this one. You know, like you want to preserve the number that you have. And if you go a little bit farther, you might be messing with that. Whereas when he starts fresh again, better chance of preserving the streak. To be clear, the 52 straight is Sasaki from the the Nippon Professional Baseball League, not Not Clayton Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw. Right. Yes, thank you. Not even close. And the other thing just about Sasaki is that Unlike Clayton Kershaw, he is 20, 20 years old. 20 years old. 20 years old and has retired 52 batters. Speaking of super young baseball players, I am now the proud um, proud parent of, of, of a minor leaguer. I adopted a minor leaguer. Potty Mouse did this a couple years ago. I finally did it. Um, so I adopted somebody in the, the Nationals minor league system. Um, I highly recommend if you have a couple of spare dollars – um, after you've, of course, contributed to our Patreon so that we don't lose money right. on the podcast, of course. Um, look, follow the Twitter feed of Adopt a Minor Leaguer. They announce, uh, Mike announces when he's got new players that need help. And if you've been watching, you know, minor league players just got their first paycheck. It's tiny. Um, we have announced before how the housing policy is that the, the teams provide housing with, you know, these various things for each player. Um may not actually be happening because um, the player that I adopted said, yeah, no, we don't have a kitchen. Really? They're, they're in a hotel and, and they're supposed to have, you know, their own their own beds, no more than two to a room and cooking facilities. And mine doesn't. Um, and so I think so. So, again, these are these are guys who are just trying to get their shot. And yeah. if you have a couple of bucks to help with a care package or some gift cards to help them get a meal here or there, especially when they can't cook their own damn meals, feel free. Please take a look at Adopt a Minor Leaguer. Yeah. And the cool thing about it is then you get a relationship. Like you you learn a lot from the inside about what's really happening as opposed to what you're what you're reading in, in whatever update you're reading. Um, and it's just really nice to, yeah. you know, be that direct helping out a guy. For sure, for sure. Um, hey, so we have this fantasy team with stupid <laughs> rules, and I've got to say, I'm in a better spot than last week by almost nothing. Uh, so but <laughs> it, impressive. But going the right direction. We've had a lot of turnover, except at the top, Spicy Susie Hot Mess Express is still is, is leading us. I think um, she wins the the title 
you know, the name of the team plus the league. And the leftovers, man, coming out of freaking nowhere to hit second place. (laughs) Our West Coast correspondent, Deborah, is in third. Hey, Deborah. Not as depressed Ace fan, formerly Braden's team, I believe, is now in fourth. Bono's boyfriend's as fifth. Potty Mouth. Potty Mouth, look at you dead center as sixth. Momentarily. Karen's legit team, which I believe was in first for a while. What happened, my friend, as you're in seventh? That's okay, because it's early. It's like picking it's like following batting averages this early in the season it yeah. just it's not it's not real yet kids are in eighth i'm in ninth hail mary in tenth and i zombies four adults is in a it's an 11th place everything is going to change over and over and over but boy is it fun yeah it's crazy because the zombies were in second recently and i don't know yeah, they're no. just i think there's been a shortage of brains or something yeah they're, they're not just, just as well fed as they could be right for sure right so for as soon sure. as that amps up maybe they'll be back who knows but thank you everybody for playing because it's been a lot of fun so uh, i don't have a baseball game to go to this week Oh, but Sunday. But wait, is next Sunday our game? Oh, yes. Next Sunday, we are going to Wilmington, Delaware to see the Hickory Crawdads play the Wilmington Blue Rocks. I I think I got both of those names. Blue Rocks are the Nationals High A, Mm -hmm. and the Crawdads are the Rangers Rangers High A. A. So we're going to see some High A baseball with with my adopted minor leaguer. That's really cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, it was, see, we, we will get on the road for things. Mm-hmm. Um, and after we do the Red Wings in a couple of weeks, oh, we'll, we'll so only cool. have the Senators. And we will have knocked out all of the Nationals affiliates pretty quickly in one season. So we'll have to look at the Senators' schedule in Pittsburgh. Absolutely. Hillsburg. I think we are going to have to do that. We do like to complete a set. Yes. We do. We do. Um, so y'all should um, please, if you don't have any baseball games this week, spend some time listening to some past episodes if you need to get caught up, if you're new to our show. If you have some friends or family that you think might like to listen to us talk about baseball, let them know about us. Um, leave us a rating or a review you can always find us online. We do appreciate your corrections. The corrections department can be found in many places online, as well as your um, your, your fun with fantasy teams and your boyfriend recommendations. Where can they find us, Potty Mouth? Yeah, so talk to us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast. That was right. I said that right, right? You did. Okay, yeah. boy, this this rum drink is really good. And you can find us at face on Facebook and Instagram oh, at No what? Crying in B-Ball. No Crying in B-Ball. Facebook and Instagram. I think I got all that out. Rum oh, is way shit. harder on us than beer. It I'm is. just saying. And don't forget about that Patreon. That's patreon.com. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I think I spelled that right. You did. Com I'm sure slash No Crying in B-Ball. And you can see me in the batting cages. For sure. And... Us singing. Yes. Wait, no, is that scaring people off from no, donating no, you, to Patreon? No, you, you totally want. It's worth a couple du- bucks, folks. It's right? a, a lot of ducks, comic relief. Ducks or bucks, either it's, way. <laughs> it's a lot of comic relief. Oh, my God, rum is the death of us for, right. for damn sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So, again, we're not trying to make money off this podcast. We're just trying to, like, not have it cost us money if we can possibly help us. So, um, thank you. Thank you for that. Please fight the man because it's the right thing to do and until next week say good night potty mouth good night potty mouth yay oh my god i love you orioles Wow, did you get that recorded? Yeah, and that might be an egg. That's that is awesome.